are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Mariners, your home for daily Seattle Mariners news and analysis. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. It is Monday, October 18th, 2021. I am your host, Titan Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patnode. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z and Colby at CPAT11, C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon where we talk about the Mariners even more. Also get into some non-baseball talk twice a week. New episode dropping for our tier twos and threes later today. Visit patreon.com forward slash control the zone for more information. Today on Locked On Mariners, it is Mailbag Monday. We asked you to provide your Mariners questions on Twitter last night, and we got three last night. So we're going to go over those. If you like what you hear, give the show a follow or subscribe wherever you listen to this. We greatly appreciate it. We're going to start here with a question about the third base position. For the Mariners asked by Slater at Christian Slater with a K. They ask, who should the Mariners target to fill in at third base for Kyle Seeger, who we assume is going to have his club option declined? Obviously, it's not official, but they've bid their farewells and all that. And we've talked quite a bit about Seeger on here. But Colby, who do you think the Mariners should first target to replace Seeger? Pretty big shoes to fill. Well, it's, there's really not that many uh free agent third baseman that uh are mm-hmm. clear upgrades over Seeger. I mean there are a couple. Uh mm-hmm. it's you know it's Chris Bryant who yeah I would target and Eduardo Escobar who yeah I, I would also target. Um both represent mm-hmm. you know relatively you know relatively big up uh, upgrades to Seeger. Um with Bryant it's about thirty percent uh of offensive improvement over Kyle Seeger mm-hmm. with uh, Escobar, it's about eight to ten percent. So, uh, but other than that, there's really not a big fish out there who's a third baseman. There are some other guys who could play third, like one of the shortstops. But we've talked about why that's not going to happen. Um, and even Marcus Simeon could play third, but you'd be signing him to play second or shortstop. So, um, yeah, mm-hmm. if, if you're talking about you know who who's my who's my number one target? I'm I'm gonna go see if I can get uh, Jose Ramirez, and, and failing that, then I'm gonna go see if I can get Chris Bryan, and and if that fails, then you know there's a few other options out there that I can look at before I head back into free agency. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it feels like if Seattle's gonna make a significant addition at third base, it's probably gonna come via trade. But I wouldn't mm-hmm. rule out the the Chris Bryan idea uh, just yet. Yeah, for me, it's Jose Ramirez. Uh, really, you know, he, he's going to be in uh, my personal offseason plan. Uh, I would give up a lot for him, to be quite honest. I mean, he is a perennial MVP candidate. Um, you know, solid glove at third base, going to give you a ton of offensive production. Um, you know, just obviously, you know, keeping things within reason. Obviously, I'm not going to trade Jared Kelnick, Julio Rodriguez, and Noel V. Marte all in the same package for him, but like, I'm willing to probably give up at least one of those guys along with, you know, a couple of other other really strong prospects and maybe even some major league talent as well. And we also have a um, question on that as well that we're going to get into later about major league talent that you'd be willing to trade from. But 
Yeah, that's that's the guy for me. That's the big target because I mean, you have a chance at getting a like I said, a perennial MVP candidate who's not even making that much money right now. So he's not. You're still going to be financially flexible after you acquire him. So you can still do quite a lot of cool stuff, uh, even if after you get him, it's going to hurt in terms of what you're going to have to give up. But again, you know, we've preached this for quite some time now on the show that. Just worry about what you got in return, which is one of the best players in baseball on that front. So if Cleveland is willing to deal him, um, I I do quite a bit to uh, to make that happen in Seattle. Um, I don't know if you saw the uh, you were probably asleep by the time it happened. I don't know if you saw the interaction uh, or really the uh, the name calling that was happening on, uh, you know, our control the zone Twitter account uh, at control the zone. Um where I somebody had asked, you know, what's what's the biggest deal you'd be willing to make as a free agent or as a GM that you think the other team would uh, accept? And I and I said, um, I said, uh, Noel V. Marte, Emerson Hancock, Abraham Toro, and and um, Zach Deloach for uh, Jose Ramirez, and people did not like mm-hmm. that price. And I was kind of surprised because honestly, I think I lowballed it a little bit. So. That's how good the, that's how good Jose Ramirez is. Oh. I don't think people understand. Oh, that's that. nothing compared. That's nothing compared to the deal that I put together for him and my why personal. Why we won't be plan. taking it in our master plan? But uh, yeah, he's he's the the point is to guys is to say that he's really good, and if you don't think he's worth that, yeah, you don't know how good he is. Like plain and simple, trading for Jose Ramirez is going to hurt. Mm. But on yeah. the on the flip side, you get Jose Ramirez, so. It's all good, um, but uh, yeah. yeah. So Jose Ramirez to... is a top five, top ten player in baseball. <laughs> like, let's let's not yeah, get twisted I... here. This is this is this is an incredible baseball player we're talking about. <laughs> I believe since 2016, which is the year he kind of he the year he first played more than 100 games. Uh, since mm-hmm. that season until the end of this season, he was has the third highest F four in all of baseball trailing only Mike Trout and Mookie Betts. Mm-hmm. Like, dude's a superstar, and you get him for two years at about $25 million total. Not each year, total. So, yeah, <laughs> you should be pretty excited about that. Um, what, yeah. One other name I'll, I'll throw out here at third base um, before we get to Toro. Mm. Um, you know, I know you balked at it in the past, but Josh Donaldson? Um mm. Guy can still really, really hit, and he's actually pretty yeah. decent. Uh, he's still a pretty good defender at third base. Yes, he's 36. Yes, there have been some injury issues, and the bigger issue is probably the contract. It's it's two years at about mm-hmm. $22 million guaranteed uh, per year, and then there's an $8 million mm-hmm. buyout. Uh, but, you yeah. know, so are you willing to pay him two at 51 or whatever it is? Probably not. But if you trade Yusuke Kikuchi in the deal and – Donaldson becomes two at, you know, two years at 19 million AAV. That might be something you could stomach. And he's worth 19 sure. million where Seeger is, is not. So just throw that out there. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, yeah, it's injury concerns are, are really the, the big thing with that and the money. Um, you know, he's older. He's, he's getting up there in age um, and is, you know, lower half of his 30s now. Um, but. Uh, you know, good players still, obviously. So, you know, depending on what that cost looks like, I, I'd be 
down for that, especially if that's your plan D, plan E <laughs> at that point. You know, if you exhaust your other options, which is, you know, Ramirez, Bryant, um, maybe even look at Trevor Story. We've talked about that a little bit, maybe moving him over to third. Uh, so, uh, but you have options at least. Uh, I, you know, and uh, we've also talked about Matt Chapman as well. We were even asked about Mac, Matt Chapman last week. There were a couple of mock trades that we uh, that we looked at for Chapman on uh, on Friday's episode. So, yeah, Chapman, Chapman's another interesting guy. Donaldson, Ramirez. I think the Mariners are going to come out of this offseason with a good third baseman if they want it, but they could also just stick with Abraham Toro, who. You know, of course, skidded a little bit towards the end of the season, but overall was really solid for the Mariners since coming over in that trade in late July. And his best fit defensively is third base with the arm, with the athleticism that he has. So what do you think about Toro being the starting third baseman in uh, 2022 instead of going out and adding someone? Yeah, it's it's fine if you go out and you add, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, right. At the end of the day, anything's fine so long as you add probably three above average bats. And one of those bats probably has to be plus. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just third base is one of the few spots where you can add uh, one of those big bats without really blocking anybody uh, long-term because Toro can play, you know, he could play second, he could play third, he could maybe play the outfield. He's a, he could be a utility Mm -hmm. guy. And when you start looking and say, okay, well, we'll just go get a left fielder. And it's like, well, you know, you want to get Kelnick at bat. So, well, we'll just go get a, a right fielder or a center fielder. So, well, you want to get Lewis at bats. You got Julio mm-hmm. coming up. So, third base is one of the only places where you don't really have a, you know, a young stud or a young player that you think is a stud. Uh, you know, you don't have somebody there who could conceivably be ready in twenty twenty two. So, uh, it's fine, but you got to find somewhere else to upgrade the bat pretty significantly. And if you remove third base as one of those options, it's pretty much second base, center field. DH and catcher mm-hmm. is, is where you can add the, the big bats. And yeah, those aren't exact. Those are all up the middle positions. They don't typically have big bats behind them. So uh, yeah, third base mm-hmm. is just kind of the easiest place to, to find that huge improvement. But uh, if you can do it elsewhere and, and Toro's your third baseman, you should be fine. Yeah. And, you know, and I've talked about this before with Toro, obviously you're losing some power there from, from Seager to Toro, but, you can also make up for that at second base. Sign Marcus Simeon. You know, obviously that's a lot easier said than done, but that's certainly a possibility here. And that it feels like Simeon is going to be their top target this offseason. And then if they lose out on him, which could happen pretty quick, it seems like Simeon might make a decision pretty early on in the offseason. So once they know what's going to happen there, then you know, and they and they lose out, then they can start turning their attention to you know, the Donaldsons, the Chapmans, the Ramirez's, the Bryant's, the stories, et cetera, et cetera. But again, they have options. So uh, I, I feel pretty confident that they're at least going to come away from this offseason with one really, really good infielder. And if Toro's the other guy, then uh, that I think that's totally fine. Um, like you said, as long as you get three quality bats in the lineup, um, the rest doesn't really matter. Just figure it out so we're going to be uh answering more questions in just a moment but real quick want to remind you this episode of locked on mariners is brought to you by direct tv does this sound familiar you've got one device that lets you catch the game live another that lets you stream your favorite shows you're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff 
Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com that's directtv.com compatible device required content varies by package you're listening to locked on mariners thank you again for making us your first listen of the day every day we are free and available on all platforms let's get to another question here from alex ledbetter 15 on twitter they ask a uh, favorite potential center field addition it sounds like seattle wants to add a center fielder uh you know you listen to mm. jerry's comments about how anything they get from Kyle Lewis in 2022, they're going to look at as a bonus. And that's pretty odd considering that he's, you know, widely expected to be ready to go by spring training. So um, that would seem to indicate that, you know, if, if Lewis ends up being the center fielder because he's the best guy, fine, but they're not going to give him that job. And so, uh, you know, Kelnick, mm-hmm. you know, he's okay out there, but, you know, he has regressed some since he's gotten bigger. He's added more muscle. He's lost a little bit of his speed. So uh, he, he belongs in a corner, but he can manage out there in, in center just fine if, if you wanted to leave that. But short of those two guys, you really don't have an option out there in center field right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jake Fraley's not it. So, uh, yeah, I, I do think they are looking to add a center fielder, and I think they're probably going to look to add one who can legitimately play center field. I mean, uh, Lewis mm-hmm. is, is pretty good out there, but if you're going to make Lewis earn his, his spot back, you're – going to want an upgrade at at you know defensively because finding an offensive center fielder who's better than lewis might be hard there are a few guys out there uh the, my favorite is, mm-hmm. is byron buxton um you yep. know there were rumors that he was you know being shopped by the twins at the deadline and there's rumors that you know buxton's already rejected multiple extension offers from from minnesota so it sounds like he's out uh, after this year and and you know, Buxton is a premier defensive center fielder who's hit like an all-star or MVP, really, uh, when he's been healthy mm-hmm. over the last three years, which is an issue. Uh, but he is a plus defender. He might be the fastest guy in baseball. He's got tremendous power. Uh, he makes everybody around around him better. Uh, and so if you get yeah. lucky and he happens to play 140 games, you probably have an MVP candidate on your hands. So uh, Buxton is my mm-hmm. favorite. There's other guys out there, Kiermaier. Uh, as, a, as a guy to watch in a trade. I know you like Miles Straw. Really not a great center fielder yep. class in, in free agency. I, I don't really want Starling Marte to be my center fielder. Um, he was mm. fine there last year, but he belongs in left field. He's a left fielder, um, and he's 34. You're going to have to give him multiple years, and you're paying for his career year, basically, and that's just not who he's really ever been, at least not since, like, 2016. Mm. So. Um. Yeah, I, I would steer clear of, of Starling Marte a little bit here. So, uh, yeah, I, I do think Seattle wants to add a center fielder, but I think they want a legitimate center fielder, one who can play there every day and is actually an asset to them defensively, um, not somebody who can can manage like Starling Marte, if that makes sense. Yeah, uh, I, I think I'm with you on the Buxton thing uh, in terms of just pure favorite potential outfield target because the upside is incredible and it's probably not going to cost you as much as you would think it's still going to cost you something nice like it's going to hurt to acquire byron buxton but he's only got a year left there's obviously the health concerns 
he's really only been good at you know at at the plate for a handful of games you know in the grand scheme of things compared to the rest of his career he's mostly been bad at the plate but he's one of the best defensive center fielders in the game and now he's figuring it out with that and uh you know as long as he can be healthy and you can bank, you know and you're you're comfortable and banking on that being the case then you should absolutely do that um because the upside is just exponentially high especially relative to the cost um so if you can grab Buxton, you might have a potential MVP candidate on your hands and for maybe a fraction of the costs that it would take to go get Jose Ramirez, for example, since we were on the topic of that earlier. Uh, if you're looking for that kind of upside, uh, obviously Ramirez is more safe. Um, there's you know some other guys in free agency as well. You know, Simeon, that's probably more safe, uh, especially from the health side of things. But um yeah, if you if you want that kind of player, if you want to add that kind of player this year, Buxton might be the guy because, again, the the ceiling is just so incredibly high for him. Um, are there anyone else, uh, you know, maybe on that has flying flown under the radar that you've looked at? Maybe like a Garrett Hampson or someone like that for center field. Um, Hampson would be would be pretty fun, but again, I, I think I want somebody a little more experienced out there. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, it's, it's kind of tough that, uh, center field's a really tough position to, to go out and fill. And there's only a handful of, Mm. you know, guys who help you both defensively and offensively. And that's why I like Buxton so much. Um, and that's also why I'm not willing to give up on Kyle Lewis, um, in center field either. So, uh, there, it's a very hard position to find. Um, you know, sometimes you get lucky. Uh, but for me, it's, it's, you know, just pay up for that guy. If, if it's Buxton and you have to give the, I don't know, if you're offering Hancock for Buxton and, and, you know, Minnesota's like, well, we like Hancock, but we'd also really like, you know, uh, Levi Stout. Just do it. It's worth the extra uh, because that is mm-hmm. such a hard position to find somebody who helps you both offensively and defensively. Um, and so, yeah, I, I would just pay the extra to get the, the guy who can do that. And there's only – five or six of those guys out there anyways. And we only know of one or two who are available this winter. So, or who could be available this winter. So just pay the extra. Mm -hmm. All right. We got one last question to go over, but real quick, want to remind you this episode of locked on Mariners is also brought to you by built bar. Don't you hit it when you're out and about and hunger strikes, but the only convenient options are unhealthy and going to make you feel worse in the end? That doesn't have to be the case anymore if you choose Built Bar. Built Bar is providing folks with a healthy, nutritious, and delicious alternative for snacking. Built Bar has a plethora of delicious flavors ranging from coconut to cookies and cream, mint brownie, and so much more. Overwhelmed by the amount of good options, then try one of their mix boxes, which gives you two bars per nine flavors. Each bar includes 17 to 18 grams of protein with calories ranging from the low low numbers of 130 to 180 they only have four to five grams of sugar and four to five grams of net carbs and all the flavors are amazing tasty and most importantly healthy go to built.com and use promo code lock 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your order that's l-o-c-k-e-d-1-5 for 15 percent off your order at built.com last question of the day here coming from at mariners trident on twitter who of the mariners major leaguers and they classify here uh, or clarify here not prospects are most likely to be traded slash packaged in a trade and why? Um, 
well, most likely major leaguer to get traded is is probably either Steckenrider or Seawald. Um, sure. Yep. In terms of like the the young major leaguers, um, mm-hmm. I think we can eliminate Kelnick and Gilbert. I don't think they're going anywhere. Uh, so. Mm. I also really don't think they're going to tra- trade Luis Torrens. I, I know you hate him, um, but <laughs> some of us have, have seen the light and understand that Torrens can hit, and we want to keep that around. So, uh, yeah, so I, I, th- I think they like him. I think they keep him. Uh, they seem to really like Toro. We know that they got interest uh, You know, after they acquired Toro. Other teams reached out to them immediately. Yeah. CV was available. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said no. So that would that would seem to imply that they really like Toro. They have a, a very specific role for him uh, in mind. Uh, so, you know, by process of elimination and based on, you know, kind of the, the tone of the, the answer given by Topoto, seems like they might be open to trading Kyle Lewis, um, which, you know, would be a bummer because I, I really like Kyle Lewis and he's awesome. Uh, but also if he helps you land – you know, uh, Jose Ramirez or, or, you know, Luis Castillo or Herman Marquez or whatever it is, Sandy Alcantara, like, fine. At the end of the day, you, you just want to win. And so uh, would I like to win with Kyle Lewis on my team? Sure. But if it helps my team win and to not have Kyle Lewis on my team because I'm trading him for something better, uh, then that's fine too. So yeah, it feels like Lewis is mm-hmm. probably the most likely one out of that, that big group there. Um, but just raw, like which guy who ended the year on the 26 man roster is most likely to get traded. It's one of the relievers. It's, it's Tom Murphy. It's, you know, it's, it's one of those guys. Yeah. Second writer is probably the biggest one. Like you mentioned, because, um, we've, we've heard that quite a few times now from, from folks that are in the know that, Steckham Ryder, I mean, and we've talked about his uh, his trade value as well and taking advantage of that, and you might be able to get a major league piece that helps you elsewhere. Maybe you get a utility upgrade over uh, over Dylan Moore or something in return for Steckham Ryder. I think that's certainly without, within the realm of possibility. You could take advantage of Paul Seawalt's trade value You know, if, you, if you're not buying into him being that kind of reliever, which is a top, you know, five to ten reliever in baseball, uh, which is totally fair. Especially with relievers, you know, you never know. So, yeah, take advantage of that if you can, if that helps you get something nice. And in my um, personal offseason plan, I traded Seawald to do just that, to take advantage of that and get a, you know, a, a quality major leaguer elsewhere that's going to help me uh, at another position of need. So, uh, yeah, I would, I would say it's those two guys for sure. I'm starting to talk myself into trading Kyle Lewis, though. I got to be real. Because I think there's quite a bit of value there, and that might help me go get someone, you know, like a Jose Ramirez without maybe giving up a Julio Rodriguez. You know, maybe it might help me limit that prospect capital. I just I'd like and to honestly, add for the I, record because we brought it up there. Um, I don't mm-hmm. see any reasonable trade target in which the Mariners would give up Julio Rodriguez. I, I don't think that's going to happen. Mm. Even Jose Ramirez. Um, I, I, I think, you know, if, if push came to shove and there was just no way to get it done without giving up Julio, I, I maybe they do it. But aside from that, I just, I don't think they're going to do that. I think they just, 
add another really good prospect. I, I think Julio is as close to untouchable as as uh, anybody on this team can be. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's not just because, obviously, he's an extremely talented player. They love his attitude. They love his makeup. They love his leadership skills. They love his buy-in. They love everything about Julio Rodriguez. So, yeah, uh, you know, short of some insane package where it's like, hey, we'll give you Jose Ramirez and Shane Bieber, but Julio's got to be in the deal. Short of something crazy like that, I don't see Julio getting traded this winter. Mm, uh, I, yeah. I think I Kelnick is more likely to get traded. Um, the probably the three least likely players to get traded this winter are probably Logan Gilbert, Julio Rodriguez, and uh, and George Kirby. Yeah, and uh, honestly, I probably I, I don't think Kelnick's going anywhere either, uh, especially no. after the September that he had. Uh, I think they're they're ready to move forward with him. Obviously, you don't want to you want to build a roster where he's not necessarily guaranteed a starting job every single night, um, but uh, that. You, you saw some really great growth out of him um, towards the end of the year there, and uh, you, you certainly want to go along with that because uh, there could be pretty big things in store for Jared Kelnick in 2022 if he keeps going on that upward trend. So that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Mariners. Thank you so much for joining us here. For Colby Padnode, I'm Titan Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E. G-N-Z-L-Z and Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Thank you again for making Locked On Mariners your first listen of the day. Every day we'll be back to tomorrow with mock trade tuesday looking at some of the most ridiculous mariners trade uh, proposals being made on baseballtradevalues.com and the occasional decent one that sometimes sneaks on through now make your second listen of the day locked on mlb where paul francis sullivan and please call him sully brings you his unique perspective on the major league's president past it's free and available on all platforms have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we'll see you tomorrow